Welcome to the MWC Church Podcast. MWC Church is a place where you can belong, believe, and become the person God's created you to be. Thanks for joining us online. Well, in the spirit of... uh clapping and acknowledgement. Why don't we thank our pastor this morning and MWC staff for all that they do. Will you help me in thanking them? <laughs> pastor Steve and the staff love you. They love this church. They love this community. And we're just excited about what God continues to do and how he continues to use us. And I am thankful for the opportunity and the privilege to address us this morning. So when I was a young boy, my brother and I loved to play this game called Chase with our dad. We loved to play Chase, and we would always go to this park in the town I grew up in, we called it the Castle Park. And it was this really cool wooden park that had slides and the bars that you slide down and all the different uh, little secret staircases that you could go up and down in. And my brother, he's just a year younger than me, and when we were little, we'd go there all the time, and we'd say, Dad, will you chase us? Will you chase us around and try to get us? And we love to do this at the Castle Park. And my dad will talk about that often when uh, he's with our kids, and he talks about when we did that. And so uh, as I'm preparing for this message a couple weeks ago, I took the kids to a park over in Augusta, and it looks very similar to this park that I grew up called the Castle Park. And they even started calling it this Castle Park. And I don't know if that's the actual name for it, but they called it that. And it's got all the slides and the poles you slide down and these hidden compartments of steps through this wood frame of this park. And wouldn't you know it, I don't even have to say anything. They just instinctively know that they want me to chase them, especially my son Bentley. So he's like, Dad, come get us. Will you chase us? Try to get us. And so my son Bentley and our two girls, Belle and Harlow, they do that. And then the girls kind of quickly get over that. And they're like, yeah, this is lame. Let's do something else. Let's go to the swings. And so I'm chasing them around. And then my daughter, Harlow, she's three. She wants to go on the swing, and she lasts forever on the swing. She goes 15, 20 minutes on the swing. And so I'm over there pushing her, and pretty much every park has this gap between the the main frame of a wooden park or metal structure, and then they've got the swing sets that are away, and there's this gap that's pretty open. And so as I'm chasing my son around, he, he feels confident that he can get away from me, that he can go up and down the slide real quick or go in some of these hidden compartments and get away from me. And so I'm pushing Harlow, and he's still taunting me. You know, And I didn't teach him that either. But he's, nah, nah, you can't get me, and taunting me. And I'm thinking, where did you learn this? I didn't teach you this. And so he's taunting me. And, I, and so Harlow doesn't want me to leave her. So I said, Bentley, why don't you try to see how close you can get to me, and I will try to get you. There wasn't too many kids at the park this day, but there was this one boy, and he'd been observing this and kind of smiling and laughing. He was just all excited about this chase, and so he started making his way over, and he ended up joining Bentley and part of our game, and they were playing together, and so I told him, I said, hey, guys, why don't you see how close you can get to me, and I'll try to get you, and so I'm pushing Harlow, and and I would jump out at them and act like I was going to get them, and they'd scream and run back to the security of the structure of the, the castle park. And so we went back and forth like that for a while, and and then I said, Bentley, why don't you and this other kid, why don't you guys really see how close you can get? See if you can get really close, and I'm going to try to tag you. I'm going to try to get you. And so they got closer and closer, and you could see they were getting nervous and hesitation, the excitement, and they knew that they'd crossed this threshold that they hadn't crossed before of getting this close. And so they got really, really close, and I jumped out to tag them. And at this moment, instinctively, Bentley 
goes behind this other kid who turns out he's maybe two or three years older. He's significantly larger than Bentley. And so he instinctively knows that if I go behind this other kid, there's no way I'm getting tagged first. There's no way he's going to get me first. And he fit perfectly behind him. I couldn't even see him. And so Bentley uses this other boy in the park as a human shield in front of him. And it was an amazing picture for me as I'm preparing for this message to see as today we're going to unpack the shield of faith in God's armor this morning. And I want you to know that your faith is extremely important and vital, and it's a tool that we have at our disposal to use against the enemy in this spiritual battle. We've been talking about the armor of God and helping us understand that it is not a physical battle that we are in, but it is a spiritual battle. It is a battle against the mind and the heart, against our choice to choose to be obedient to God, to accept Jesus as the Savior of our life, and to live for him. It's this spiritual battle that we're in this morning. And as we pick up in our passage in the Bible, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, it's a simple phrase in 16, but so powerful. It says, in addition to all of these, Paul has already referenced several pieces of this armor, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. I want us to understand this morning that our faith is the first point of contact in this spiritual battle. And Paul is making this, this similar, a similar parallel to the physical armor that he would be seeing the Roman army put on, and he'd been observing them for many years as they were the powerhouse of the time, the Romans and their army. And so he'd be observing them and the people would be familiar with this. And so he references the physical nature of the armor and he equates that to the spiritual nature. And so if we look at that, the shield of faith, the shield is the first point of contact. If you think of a soldier putting on the armor or a movie scene, what gets hit first? What comes at them first? What gets exposed first, it's the shield that they have first in front of them. And so this morning, I want us to understand one simple phrase. If anything, this is your takeaway today. The bottom line is our faith is the fireproof front line of defense. Faith is our fireproof front line of defense in this spiritual battle against the enemy. Because without a shield, we are drastically more exposed and vulnerable to the enemy. Whether we have other armor or not, without our shield of faith, we are drastically more exposed to the enemy. It is our faith, Paul says, that stops the fiery arrows of the devil. Why arrows and why fiery arrows? Have you thought about this as, as you've been maybe reading through this section in Ephesians? Well, simply an arrow would have been a very powerful weapon, one of the most powerful at this time. The arrow that goes quickly through the air, the arrow that is hard to see in certain weather conditions, and it penetrates very quickly. And I think that Paul is also referencing a fire arrow because if you've, if you've ever seen those old medieval movies where they're shooting the arrows, if they're on fire, what, what does fire do? Anytime fire catches something flammable, it just immediately spreads. Just this week, if you've seen in the news, you saw that there were fires in California that were spreading and growing very quickly. And so Paul is using this imagery of this very powerful weapon that is even made more powerful by adding fire to it. And so he's talking about this powerful weapon of the enemy in, our, in the spiritual battle 
to, to hit us, to wound us, but not just to do that, not just to cause pain or discomfort or a wound, but that it would be something that would take us out. The Bible says that he, the enemy, the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy us. And so I'm here to tell you this morning that the enemy doesn't just want to wound us spiritually. He just doesn't want to hinder us and hurt us, but he wants to take us out. And so Paul is using the analogy of fire, which I equate in the spiritual battle to the incineration of sin in our life, that it ignites and it spreads, that this wound of the enemy is spreading the sin. It's an accelerant of sin in our life that the enemy is using. But we need to establish what faith is because faith could be broad. That could be a lot of things. What we're really not talking about is the faith that when you come on a weekend service right now that there's going to be donuts on the donut wall. That is not quite the faith we're talking about, and it's not really the kind of faith that we're talking about that uh, this year or maybe next year it's going to break the 48-year streak of the Kansas City Chiefs winning a Super Bowl since 1970. It's not, it's not one of those kind of faiths that we're talking about this morning, but we look to God's word to establish what faith is. And in the book of Hebrews in the Bible, chapter 11, I'm going to read from two translations. First, a New Living Translation. It says simply, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So the reality of what we hope for, although we can't see it, but I love what the message translation says, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God or this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It is our handle on what we can't see. So not only is it the reality of what we hope for and the evidence of what we can't see, faith in, in God is the complete trust and belief that establishes the very existence of why we're living. It's the foundation of what we hope for every day. It's the reason that we live. It's the understanding of our existence. It's the faith in God, which is our complete trust and belief and obedience to him. That is our faith that we're talking about this morning and I want to clarify because I'm going to be referencing God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so when we talk about faith in God, we are talking about faith in the Godhead or the Trinity, which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God with three distinct personhoods. They have attributes that they display, but they are one God. And so I want to reference that this morning as we work through this. So we can establish what faith is, but how do we use a shield of faith? Spiritually speaking, in this spiritual battle, how do we use the shield of faith? Well, let's go back to, to what Paul is doing with this imagery of the real physical armor, equating that to the spiritual armor that we put on, and a spiritual battle as we go against the enemy of our soul, the Bible says. And what does a shield do? The nature of a shield is that it's for protection, right? Bentley used that other child for protection against me being able to tag him and get him. And so we look at the shield of protection, and the shield Paul is referring to, this Roman shield is four foot high by two and a half feet wide. It's, a, it's wooden with leather strapped onto it, and it's dipped in water and some other liquids to help it not catch that fire, and it, it has a curve to it. And so it's this massive shield 
people often refer to it in commentaries as essentially a door, that they've got this door in front of them that the enemy cannot get through. And in that time, they also, the height would have been overall shorter for most of the population. And so they could easily get behind this shield and it gave them protection. Well, faith protects us it is our first point of contact against the enemy, and it's, it's against things of the devil, his lies, his misdirection, his misconceptions, his temptations in our life. It is to protect us against the enemy who is coming at us in these different ways, and we're going to unpack that in a little bit, in a little while, but the distractions, the temptations, the misdirection, the lies that the enemy shoots at us those fiery arrows that he sends our way. And so our shield is to protect us. Well, what else is that, what do we do with the shield? We don't carry it next to us. We don't have it behind us, but a shield is, goes in front of us. And a shield, you stand behind the shield. And so I want to encourage you this morning that we stand behind our faith. Paul equates the faith as the shield, it's the shield of faith, and that's because we stand behind the, shield, the faith that is our protection against the enemy. It protects us against him, and it gives us boldness and courage. Think about it. If you have a shield, and you're going against the enemy, if you're going against someone, you'd much rather have a shield. And if you have a shield, doesn't it, just the thought of it gives you a boldness and a courage that you wouldn't have without the shield. You feel much more confident. You feel much more boldness and courage to face the enemy with a protective shield in front of you. And it's the same with our faith. Our faith gives us boldness and courage in the spiritual battle. Listen to this. Faith cultivates confidence. Let's let that sink in. Faith cultivates confidence. And for us in this spiritual battle... It gives us boldness and courage. And that comes into play in the spiritual battle. For instance, when God has amazing plans and purposes for your life and God has given you big dreams to chase after and he wants you to chase a lion in your life and you need to have the faith and the boldness to go after what God has called you to, but the enemy is going to want to take that away. The enemy is going to want to misdirect and give you lies and tell you that that's not what God wants you to do or you're not going to be able to accomplish that or ultimately, that's not what God wants for you. But faith cultivates confidence, and we can be confident in the call of God in our life. But likewise, a shield also, it protects the whole body. It's four feet high by two and a half feet wide. It's circular, caving around the sides of the body, and it shields the whole body. And likewise, faith, it shields our body. And what I'm talking about and referring to spiritually is that it shields our whole body, our mind, and our heart because we're in the spiritual battle. That is what the enemy is going after. Our choice to choose God, what's happening in our heart to accept Jesus and the acknowledgement of living for the Lord. He's coming after our heart and our mind. And so we go behind that shield, but see what happens is without faith, without that shield of faith in God, we are unprotected. And what happens is that we can come to a place where we might begin having a lack of faith. And if we have a lack of faith in our life, it begins to be a spiritual deficiency for us. We've got a deficit of faith in our life if we're, if we're not confident 
in God, if our faith is not cultivating confidence. And for me, that would come out in my calling, knowing that God called me to be a pastor, that God called me to a specific path in my life that I was living out and following out. And so if I'm lacking confidence in my faith in God, if I start to have a deficiency spiritually, the enemy can use that against me in my calling and say, that, can you really accomplish that? Does God really want to use you for that? Are you really any good at that? Is God really going to accomplish something great with you? Are you sure that's what you're supposed to be doing? Those ires can begin to penetrate. And I've had moments in my life where I might have had a lack of faith resulting in a spiritual deficiency where the enemy was taking advantage of that every way he could. If we don't have faith in God, also what begins to happen is the armor starts to fall apart. The armor starts to come off. We need faith for the rest of the armor. I think this is why Paul equates it with the shield. Why? Again, faith is our fireproof front line of defense. And so we've got the shield of faith that gets hers, the shield of faith that we stand behind, the shield of faith that protects us, but without it, the rest of the armor struggles. And this is what I mean. We talked about the belt of truth, that we believe that there is ultimate truth, that there is one truth, that's God's truth. We experience that and understand that from his word. From his word, we establish that this book, the Bible, has no arrows, that there's nothing, or, no arrows, <laughs> that there's nothing false, that there's no errors. There's no errors and no arrows, but there's no errors, there's nothing false in this book. It is ultimate truth, it, it is our guide for right and wrong. There is one clear truth. But if we don't have faith, which is a complete trust and reliance in God for our very existence, then what's true for you may not be true for me. What's truth in this book may not be the truth I want to live by. Maybe the gospel and the readiness of peace that we put on our feet that we carry with us and we carry to others, maybe, maybe Jesus truly isn't the one way to heaven. Because if I don't have complete faith and confidence in trusting God, who I'm experienced personally and relationally, but also understand from this book that he gave, written by man, but inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. If I don't have faith in God, then maybe Jesus didn't save me. Maybe I saved myself. Maybe I know how I can live rightly before God or how I can live righteously, and it's not based upon what God says or what God has done in my life, but it's based upon my decisions that I've made. And so we have to have the shield of faith to also protect the other armor and to keep the armor intact. Because if we don't have a true trust and belief and full confidence in God, the rest of the armor begins to fall apart, begins to get loose. And we can even see this in scripture in a physical battle. When we look at David and Goliath, and here's David, he's a teenage boy, and he's a part of these Israelites, and the Israelites are struggling against this army called the Philistines, and they've got this big bad guy named Goliath who's over nine feet tall, he's a monster, and he wants to take them out, and everybody else is afraid, and David hears about this, and so he goes to the king named Saul, and he says, hey, I'll take him on. 
And Saul says, okay, it's your life. I guess everybody else is too afraid to do anything about it, so why not? But he says, hey, why don't you take my armor? And Saul was, it says he's a head taller above the rest. He's, this, he's a bigger, taller, strapping guy, and he's got this armor. And so he puts it on David, this teenager, and it's just way too heavy, way too cumbersome, can't handle it. And so David says, forget this physical armor in this uh, in a physical battle. I don't need it. Why didn't he need it? Because he was putting on the armor of God, because he had full trust and confidence and belief in God, that God would give him the victory, that God would win the battle, that God would defeat the Philistines. And he goes at this giant man who's got all the armor, the physical armor, and everything that he would need to take someone out, and he's taken out by David with no physical armor, but the armor of God in a sling and a stone. Powerful use of God's armor. What God equips us with has power. And so then what are we to do? If we understand how to use it, what should we do with it? Well, we've been talking about it this last month. We've been saying it over and over. What are we to do with this shield of faith? We are to stand. We are to stand with the shield of faith. It's a position of readiness, and it's a position of confidence. It establishes our faith in God when we can hold that up and we stand, as Paul says to do. We have confidence, and I love the New Living Translation, how it words it, because it says we are to hold up the shield of faith. This isn't just that we bring the shield with us, that we throw it on our back like Captain America. It's that we've got the shield held up in front of us. It takes consistency. It takes energy. It takes intentionality to say that spiritually, I am going to hold up the shield of faith, that I'm going to keep that in front of me, that I'm going to keep that protecting me. I'm going to stand behind my faith. I'm going to hold that up. And so we need to stand firm because nobody wins when our shield is down. Nobody wins when our shield is behind us or next to us. If it's resting next to us, there, there isn't resting when we put the armor of God in. This is a battle. So we hold it up. We hold up the shield of faith. Putting on the armor of God is an ongoing action. It's every day. It's throughout the day. It's consistent. It's consecutive. It's always happening. And it takes energy. And it takes intentionality to put that armor of God on. And why would we want to do this very simply, if our faith is in God, God says to do it, so we should. And what does that sound like? Faith. <laughs> Sounds like faith. If God says to do it, we do it. So we hold up the shield of faith. We put on the armor of God. And if faith cultivates confidence, and we can be confident in our faith to defend against Satan, to defend against the enemy of our soul in this spiritual battle, we can be completely confident about that. Because there are no chinks in God's armor. Yes, that is an actual phrase in case somebody was concerned. There are no chinks in God's armor. But what is that? What does that mean? It's that God's armor is foolproof, fireproof. It's safe. You can be fully reliant on that. But it's when the breakdown happens is when we begin to put our shield of faith down or we begin to not put on the rest of the armor and we leave gaps exposed to the enemy to hit us with those arrows in the spiritual battle against our mind, against our heart, against our choice to choose to follow Jesus every single day and to live for him and to live out the plan and the purpose that he has for your life. 
It's continuing to choose to do that. Faith is our fireproof front line of defense. And so we're going to hold up that shield of faith like God tells us to do. And you see even Jesus used the shield of faith. If you look in Luke chapter 22, this is in the evening right before Jesus is about to be taken in the garden and he's going to pray and he's with the disciples and he says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus says if there's any other way, if there's a different plan that you have, but I'm putting my full trust and confidence, I'm putting my full belief, faith in God the Father that this is the will that he has for me. And Jesus put on the armor of God. He put on the shield of faith and says, I believe in you and God the Father. As Jesus came and he was fully God, but yet fully man, experienced everything we did and we do feel. And so he experienced the pain of knowing what he was about to go into, knowing that he was about to be taken to the cross. But in faith, he says, God, if there's another way, let's go. But if not, then I choose to have faith in you. I choose to believe in what you have called me to do. So this morning, I want to ask you several questions. The first being, are you battling without your shield? Do you find this morning that you are in this spiritual battle, but you've realized that my faith has been lacking a little bit? I've got somewhat of a spiritual deficiency happening currently because I don't have that complete confidence and trust in God, basing that on the reason why I live. I don't have that right now, and I'm in the spiritual battle because the enemy's not taking a break. There's no, there's no winter break, no Christmas break, where everybody goes home for the holidays and has a meal together, and then they all decide, okay, January 1st, we're going to battle it out again. That, that isn't what is happening. He's coming at you, and so we need to make sure that we are not in this battle without the shield of faith in God and our life. And if you feel like you're lacking in that, or you feel like maybe I have been battling without that shield this morning, there is hope in God's word. It says in Psalm 33, verse 20, that we put our hope in the Lord. So be encouraged this morning that our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is not in the armor that we piece together, but it's in the armor of God that he established and that he has given us. Our hope is in him. And then it says, he is our help and our shield. We can be fully confident in him. He is our help and our shield this morning. I want you to be encouraged that we are not battling alone. He says in his word that he is with us, that he'll never leave us or forsake us. He is always with us. We are not battling alone, and I want you to understand the severity of this spiritual battle because sometimes it's hard for us to equate the non-physical and try to figure out this spiritual arena that we're in. And I'm telling you, it's not like a boxing match. It's not like a fight. We went and saw Johnny's fight a couple weeks ago, and I'm telling you, it's not, our spiritual battle is, is not fist pumping and then beating each other up to rearrange our face, but then hugging it out in the end. He was in an intense fight, but they, they were on the same page at the beginning, and they congratulated each other at the end, and they said, good job, and they worked hard, but that is not the spiritual battle that we're in. There's no fist pumping and there's no hugging at the end of it. There's no saying, good job. The enemy of our soul is at us to defeat us, to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take us out with these fiery arrows. 
And what does that look like though? How does that look, how does that look to us in our everyday life? It's going to happen in all situations in your life. It's going to happen in your friendships, in your relationships. The enemy is trying to, going to try to find the vulnerability that you have in your marriage or raising your children. He's going to try to find the vulnerabilities in the places that he can hit with his arrows with your employers or your coworkers at work or your dissatisfaction with your job or where you're at in your life. He's gonna use your insecurities against you. He's going to try to find the vulnerabilities where you feel insecure to use that against you, to tell you that you're not good enough, to tell you that you can't accomplish this, to tell you that you can't be a good parent or a good employee. He's gonna use these situations in your life. He's gonna use your hope and your dreams and your aspirations or the big goals and dreams that God has inspired in your your heart or those lines that he wants you to chase. He's gonna tell you and shoot arrows at you that says that you can't accomplish that, that there's no way that God can use you. You're not good enough to do that. You can't speak well enough. You can't perform well enough to accomplish that. There's no way that you can be used. That's way above you. But our hope is in the Lord. He is our help, and he is our shield. And so I need to encourage you this morning. He's going to hit you with everything that he's got. And I can tell you it's never been more personal to me in my life regarding the armor of God and the shield of faith in God, understanding that my my trust and the true confidence that I have in God establishes my faith. It's the very reason for living. That's never been more tested than July 2010 when I was at a job where I traveled and I'm sitting at a hotel in a parking lot in Sacramento, California. And I used to talk to my parents every day, multiple times a day, and I'm sitting in this parking lot and my phone rings, it's my dad, probably thinking it's a typical call, I answer joyfully, hey dad. For him then to begin to tell me and unfold that we have just found out that my mom has breast cancer. Thousand miles away that she's got a disease that is likely incurable. And at that moment, I had to establish what my faith in God was. Did I have my complete trust and confidence in the God who knew all things and who could take care of all things? And to go a year and a half walking with my mom, battling cancer, going through remission, but then having a relapse where the cancer ends up going throughout her body, into her lungs, and into her brain, and a crucial last couple weeks that ends up resulting in cancer taking the life of my mother. Having to decide where my faith is. Do I still believe and have trust and full confidence in God? And please understand, church, the enemy took every opportunity in those instances to try to defeat me and to try to take me down. Things like, how could this happen to your mom? How could this happen to somebody who rarely was sick a day in her life? and at 57 years old is gone. How can this happen to somebody who gave her entire life to ministry, who planted a church, who did the work of the Lord every day of her life? How could this happen? And those fiery arrows came at me frequently, every day, all the time. Believe it, church. He uses every moment to come at us. And that's why God tells us to put on the armor of God, and Paul is speaking and says, put on the armor of God, and he was in a place where he's writing to this church in Ephesus, and he had spent time there. He was there multiple times, one time for several years, and he was a part 
of the culture that he was writing to and talking to. And this city of Ephesus, it, it was a very historical city. It was a, a harbor on the water. It was a, it was a very large city. It had a, a lot of marketplace traffic and people were always constantly going through this city. But, but also what was going on was a ton of spiritual warfare. Anything and everything you can think of now pretty much was occurring in that city at that time. And Paul is writing and telling them to put on this armor of God. And God is telling us to put on the armor of God because we are in a spiritual battle that is going to hit us from every side, every angle. The enemy of our soul wants to take us out and he's gonna take every opportunity to do so. And so my encouragement this morning is we need to hold up the shield of faith. We need to put on the armor of God. And as I've been walking through this, I came across Psalm 3. And it's been my, my battle cry, my putting on my armor, holding up my shield, war cry. And I want to extend this, encourage this to you because this is what has been happening in my life through this series as I'm putting on the armor. And I just, I just think about this as we're putting it on. And this is this war cry in chapter 3, verse 3. But you, God, shield me on all sides. Shield me on all sides. You ground my feet. You lift my head high with all my might. I shout up to God. His answers thunder from the holy mountain. And I am ready to enter into this spiritual battle for now. I am ready to combat the enemy. So are you lacking faith this morning? When I see these movie scenes of a battle, it seems to always incorporate some aspect of weather. There's always this horrible weather that's happening, rain or snow or just awful weather. And I, and I just get this picture when we're in battle without our shield uh, of this defeated soldier slowly moving and the shield just dragging in the mud, dragging in the mud. And that's not what we want for you, church. That's not what we want for you and your life as you're walking with the Lord. We want you to confidently hold up the shield of faith so be encouraged by the help of the Lord this morning that he is our shield. But maybe this morning you are saying, I've never had a shield. I've actually not had faith in God. I would probably say I'm shieldless. I don't even have one. I've never had one. Well, simply you have the opportunity to walk out of here with a brand new set of armor because it's Jesus who came and who died but was raised again by God and he died for you, and he died to save you. He died to restore the relationship that God has with humanity. He des desires to restore the real, your relationship with God this morning. And it's our sin, it's our mistakes, it's our disobedience that has separated us from God. But there's restoration where you can put on the full armor of God. You can hold up the shield of faith, and it's simply just accepting the gift that Jesus offers, accepting the gift of salvation to say, Jesus, I want to put my full trust and confidence in you. I want my faith to be what I stand behind. I want my faith to be what protects me. I want my faith to be what goes before me, and I want to put that in you. I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I want to live for you every day of my life. I accept you, Jesus, as Savior of my life. That's all it takes. That's all it takes to restore your relationship with God. Invite Jesus into your heart and your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins, mistakes, wrongdoings, living your own way, and enter into this relationship daily with him. And so 
If we can just respond to that, if you are saying, I don't have a shield, I need to ask Jesus into my life. I want you to do something which is an outward expression of what's going on in your heart. If you would simply just raise your hand up and then you can put it back down because it shows an outward expression of what's happening, the change that's happening in your heart. So right now, if you say, I've never asked Jesus into my life, I need to ask him into my life. I need to be restored my relationship with God. I want to put my full trust and confidence in God, put my full faith in him. Just quickly raise your hand up and put it down. So that means that for us this morning, we need to identify where our faith is at. Do we find ourselves lacking in our faith where it's become a spiritual deficiency? Or do we need to reestablish that we are holding up the shield of faith in the spiritual battle that we are realizing that the enemy is not going to relent, that he's going to continue coming at us. He's going to use the situations in our home and our relationships and our work environments. He's going to use our vulnerabilities, our insecurities. He's going to use our, our goals and our God-given dreams to come at us. So we need to establish and take an opportunity to make sure that we are putting on the armor of God and that we are holding up the shield of faith. So if we can take a few minutes, a few moments to respond, we're going to continue singing as we close in worship. But if you can take a moment to identify and establish that, where is my faith? Do I have full confidence and trust in God to hold up the shield of faith? I'm going to pray and then we're going to take a moment to respond and we're going to sing in some worship and glorify God and just evaluate where is your faith at? Are you holding up the shield of faith? Jesus, thank you so much for dying for us, for restoring our relationship. And thank you so much, God, for equipping us with the armor, for giving us the shield of faith that it, it is the fireproof front line of defense against the enemy. And we know that he is going to come at us in every way possible, in any way that he can. And so we want to establish this morning that we are firmly standing and holding up the shield of faith. Let us establish that and reevaluate that this morning and leave here with confidence, faith that cultivates confidence in our life, faith that cultivates boldness and courage to leave here today knowing that we are not defeated, knowing that Jesus, you have won, knowing that we have a faith that will block and extinguish, it'll take out, it'll stop the attacks of the enemy. And we can have trust and faith and believe with full confidence knowing the basis for our very existence, the basis for living now is our confidence and our faith in you. Amen.